there's a recent article in the Hyde Park Herald where someone said, meet the Southside's gorilla florist. Take a little break from the crazy, try to recalibrate. Every day seem to be hazy, I see dough. Everybody sick with obsession, it's how to navigate. Take your baggage out of my space, I need room. Reset. New world order. Reset. New world order. Okay, we are live. We are live. I am your host, J.P. Reynolds, and this is the Stir Crazy Podcast, and I'm grateful you've pulled up for all of our listeners. I am talking to some really dope people on this podcast, some fascinating folks, some dynamic folks, some people that I hold in very high esteem, and I mean, we're talking about all the things going on in the world, but also what's going on in people's lives, because you know we need that these days, and... If you're listening, you might hear a thunderstorm in the background because I'm in New York City right now and we got a hailstorm. So <laughs> you might just be rolling with us yeah, in June. You know, we talking about flowers today and they say that April flowers bring, what is it? April showers bring May flowers. Is that how yes, it's supposed to that's, go? That's what it is. That, and that's what I was thinking too. I was like, oh, it kind of works. It kind of works, even though it's June and it's hail. <laughs> But you know, it seems it seems in alignment. It seems on brand for my very special guest that I have today. Uh, this is a person that I've I've known for a few years now, and I, you know, we were just talking right before we started recording that. Every time we chopped it up, we leave with a lot of nuggets. Yes, and yes. I'm I'm grateful to be able to share this brilliant, beautiful brother with y'all, and we're gonna we're gonna chop it up. And his name is John Caleb Pendleton. He's a Oh man, how do where do I start with this brother? He's a curator, he is a floral designer, he is a creative uh and spiritual being that I, I respect very deeply. He is a, a married brother with me in the fraternity of married yes. married men, a whiskey connoisseur, a yes. fellow whiskey connoisseur. Yeah. And this, you know, I, I'm excited to, to have you on the pod, good brother. So, you know, just to jump in. Where are you? How are you? Have you been drinking water? What's what's good with you, man? Yeah. Um, yeah, I am I'm in Chicago, Illinois. Um, just moved, not just, it's been nine months, but what is time right now? Uh, <laughs> moved to, moved to the south side last fall from the west side. How am I? I'm doing well. Um, my therapist just told me um she was talking about how. She was like, you're expanding your your capacity for pleasure, I think she was saying. Like, mm-hmm. just like com- expanding your, your capacity to receive. And like, when you expand your capacity to receive, like, you cr- literally create more room for good things. And so I was like, oh, wow, that's that's cool. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm in a good space. I'm just really, uh, like you said, I'm a full designer and every week there's just, a lot of fresh flowers in my studio, going out to people, um, boosting folks' serotonin. And my drinking water, probably not enough. <laughs> but I just found this awesome. It's funny you say that because I literally, right before hopping on here, I just put this dope sparkling water that I found at the grocery store in the refrigerator. And it's like a mango one, a lychee one, and I can't remember the third one, but I love sparkling water. I drink that and tell myself it's regular water, which maybe it kind of is, but I should probably just drink regular water too. So anyway, I'm doing well. I'm doing really well. I need to drink more water. That's a good question. <laughs> I have to check myself on the water intake as well, man. All the time. Yeah, it's a real it's a real thing, it's, especially these days. You know, I haven't moved as much over the last year and some change. and. Mm-hmm. That's how we keep the skin healthy, man. You know, we got to mm-hmm. that water. We gotta... Why am my skin breaking out? I'm like, oh. And the crazy thing is I work, like you said, I work with flowers and I'm like, damn, we got to get these flowers in water. We got to hydrate this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I have not paused to eat or drink all day, but I'm like making sure the flowers look good. You see what I'm saying? You know? I was like, no, you drink. So anyway. No, yeah, that's great, man. I, I've loved to see, to have seen your... Identity and career, especially with flowers, uh, for, for lack of a better word, bloom over the last few years. And mm-hmm. there's so much to it for me that I see and I know that you're intentional about with how mm-hmm. you approach your work and with who you are, where you're from, which space you exist in. And I, I love it so much. So, I, you know, I, 
I wanted to ask you about the flowers because yeah. what you do is so beautiful. Like literally, like you know, you Plankston Pistols on Instagram, right? And yes, it's one of my it's it's a it's one of my favorite accounts to see pop up on my story on my timeline because it's always just beautiful stuff. It's beautiful images of of flowers, of vegetation. You use it intentionally mm-hmm. with regard to to like Black history, and you, you do like research on what you do. So I'm like, where did you start with your yeah. flower designing? Why do you use flowers? What gave you the insight to begin that approach? Yeah. Well, first off, thank you for having me on this podcast. And honestly, for everybody who's listening, if they've been listening, they already know. But I just want to let them know that you are just one of the dopest people I've ever met. And like, it's just an honor to know you. Like, honestly, like I'm just like, wow, this this dude is super cool. Uh, and it's just really it's a pleasure to know you. And it's funny because I think I've told you this before. But for people who don't know this, in college, people used to call me JP. So yes. I was like, good, I retired that nickname because <laughs> he should be the only person with that. Um, but <laughs> where Flowers started for me, uh, I actually just posted about this today. Um, it started with my wife, actually. Well, with, where floral design started. Um, because I always loved flowers. I look back of my life and I'm like, I've always enjoyed flowers and seeing them and my mom's growing flowers in our yard and stuff. But um, my career in floral design started with Carrie. And when we were dating, I knew her favorite flower was like yellow tulips. Mm-hmm. And I would always give flowers for her. And then when we got married, I would like arrange, just get a couple bunches from the grocery store arrange stuff in the house for her, just throw it in different vases and stuff. And in my mind, and I literally, I look back and laugh at this every time I think about it. It's funny to me because in my mind, I literally was like, oh, anybody could just go to the grocery store and get flowers and arrange them. They just don't like people just don't like it's like everybody can iron their clothes, but people take it to the cleaner. So I was thinking florists, cleaners, like it's the same thing. And it's like, no, this is actually like you have to have an eye for it and like manipulating height and positioning and a flower arranging. It's not something that comes natural to everybody. Um, and even though it came kind of natural, I look back at my original stuff and I'm like, oh, wow. Like it's it's art. It's art where it's like some people can draw, but then you take classes and you you practice and you get better. Um, some people can have a naturally good singing voice and they train their voice and they get better. So for me, that's what flowers have been. Like I would arrange stuff and it looked decent. And over the years I've practiced and watched other people and learned from them and gotten better. But, um, yeah, it just started for me, like making stuff for my wife, making wreaths for the holidays around our home. And I was like, no, 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 don't post it. Don't post it. Like, I don't, like, that's not, like, manly, you know? Like, don't, oh, that's it's just for you. Like, it's just for you. Is it? And then finally, I, fall of 2017, I was just waiting to start my new job and just at home. And I would just be designing flowers. And I posted on my Instagram story, yo, anybody want a fall bouquet? I, like, made one for our house. And I was like, anybody else want one? And a friend of mine who's an artist here, uh, shout out to Scent Rock. He messaged me and was like, make one for my wife. And I was like, okay. And I made one and it was wonderful and beautiful. And and he was like, you got an eye for this. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, and hearing another established artist say that, I was like, oh, okay. And so I just started making them for folks. I didn't have a business name or anything. I would go to the grocery store and do stuff. Profit margin was nil. Um <laughs> And literally just kept going, kept going. And then a friend was like, hey, I know you just started this, but we love your work and we love you and we would love for you to do our wedding. And I was like, I, what? So <laughs> in my first wedding in 2018 and now three years later, it's a whole thing. It's my full, it really, it, I mean, not really, it is my full-time job now. So yeah, wow. that's kind of the origin story for it. I love the origin story. And you do such varied designing. Mm-hmm. So you have the bouquets that I've seen. Mm-hmm. You have, I mean, you've done weddings. Mm-hmm. I've seen you adorn statues in the city of Chicago mm-hmm. with vegetation and plantation and with flowers, which mm-hmm. is beautiful. I do want to ask you about this, this concept, though, because this is really what I wanted to chop it up with you about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
this concept or, or what I would call the spectrum of particularly black masculinity. Mm-hmm. Because as you said, you know, when your wife wanted to post, you're like, that's not manly, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's so much, and it's like, we're not going to figure all this out in one conversation. Yeah. There's always in conversation about masculinity and identity and, and sexualities and all of that. But what I'm really appreciative of how you hold space, even on the internet, is you're just, you're just existence of like, I love flowers. I design flowers. Yep. And this is what I look like. This is how I present. This is how I perform my identity. And what's up? Yep. Right? It's like, exactly. I, I love it because yep. it, feels, it feels like so intentional and it feels so authentic as well. Yeah. So like, I just, I, what was your process of unlocking that idea of masculinity and manliness for, for you? Because like you said, yeah. it, it sounds, sounds like there was an arc because you don't want to have this posted because you said, you know, it's not manly. But here you are. Now you're posting videos of flowers in your beard. And you know, you you like you got all types of stuff popping. So what yeah. is what is that arc? How's that sh- shifting been shaped for you? I think for me, it my, the path of blackness and masculinity have been similar because I've always been an odd black man, an odd black person, an odd man an odd black man. And so, but with blackness, I feel like for a long time, like you can't really hide your blackness. And I went to a super white undergrad. So it was just like, oh, well, I'm black. And I really got to figure out what this means because y'all always trying to talk to me about it. So, and then I ended up being president of our black student group. So I was like, I really, I had to think about that so much because I was forced into a space that like, demanded that you know like if i'm gonna exist here i need to be able to articulate who i am as a black person and so um and dealing with comments that were people saying talking about my level of blackness or you know people telling me i'm not that black or i'm different or whatever and it's like well actually no Everybody's different, but no, we all, I'm all, everybody, like, I'm black. I'm black <laughs> as, the, I'm black as everybody. I'm black as every other black person, you know? So, um, and so just really, and, and realizing that part of my work um, in doing that for myself was unlocking and freeing other folks, mm. freeing the black folks who were from like different backgrounds or were, who had different interests I distinctly remember a young man at my college. He wanted to go and work with children in Japan. Like that was just his big passion. Mm. And he really struggled with like, I feel like I'm like not black or like this, like I don't have black interests. And I was like, are you interested in it? Oh, that means there's a black interest in because you black, because black ain't a verb. It's just literally who you are. Like you were born into your blackness. Like you were black before you were born, you know what I'm saying? Mm. So, um, so yeah, I think realizing that that work was helping other folks and unlocking other folks was good. And in the same way with the masculinity in, in alignment with the flowers, I've realized that having so many other men of all colors say, wow, I started to notice flowers more. Like, mm. like, wow, that's just, be-. and literally like realizing that it's not a small thing when your work can help people pause and notice like natural beauty, mm. you know, like, cause everybody's not like, Oh, I noticed like floral design. I do have people like when I go in hotels or restaurants, I notice the floral design more, but then I just also have people who like, I was me and my wife were on a hike and I noticed these flowers. What kind are they? They're so, they're so pretty. Mm. And it's just like helping men pause to take in beauty is a big thing. Whew, it's just like, we're not trained to take in soft beauty, you know, like to like pause and like, mm, that's like, just, I appreciate that. Cause it's beautiful. And flowers are delicate. I always say flowers are more, flowers are stronger than people think they are, but then they're also just as delicate as you think they are. So it's just like, it's forcing people, forcing men to interact with something that traditionally not even forcing is influencing men to interact with something that they're not accustomed to or given the space to. But by me saying, this is great. 
like now I got all um, guy friends like, man, I saw this fly. Like, what kind is this? This is great. Blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, you literally have never really thought about flowers, but my, your friendship with me and you seeing me do flowers now has like kind of changed how you interact with the natural world. Oh man. And so I love that. And I think for me, understanding again, that I am a man Mm. and I approach flowers in a manly way. Like flowers is a manly act. Like floor design is a manly action because I'm doing it. Just like I told that dude, like it's black because you, you know, like you black and you're doing it. So it's a black thing now. I'm a man and I'm doing it. So it's a man. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, and realizing that my design and my approach and everything is, is influenced by me being not just a man, but a Southern man. And I really like, I was raised by uh, my dad is a carpenter. So I've, I'm not used to working softly with my hands. So like, but even my flower choices are different and stuff because of how I work and how I move, um, the colors I'm drawn to. Like, I just approach it all very differently. So that makes perfect sense. And, you know, shout out to therapy because you sure. talked about yes. your therapist and I guess honoring you for giving more space to yourself for pleasure. And, you know, pleasure, softness, beauty, those are things that, you know, have, have come up in our convo just now. And I'm like, wow, like to provide space to experience those elements of life, especially for folks who generationally, traditionally, societally aren't exposed to or given permission to experience those things. It's so powerful. Yes. And for you to like be able to provide that space is, it feels like a divine thing to me, you know? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like to open up, to open that up, to open up that possibility of like, I can actually still be in my skin and in my body and when I identify the way I identify, but I can also open up and break free from things that I wasn't, I didn't think I had access to before. So that's, yeah. a, that's a powerful thing. And, and you talked about your Southern roots too, because right, there's all these elements of everybody's identity, right? So you're a black man, but you're also a Southern black man. You're people from Alabama, right? That, yes. Mm-hmm. You're from? And I'm from Alabama. Yeah, you from, you yeah. from Alabama. That's right. <laughs> yeah. right, cause, right. Cause so, and I'm, you know, like one of the things that I, that I also love about how you are intentional with what you create is honoring all of those elements of yourself. You talked about being raised by a carpenter and like your, your thing is called planks and pistols. Yeah. The planks is, is the wood and the pistols. Yeah. Are the-, the pistols. So to give a little detail on that planks is wood, which I want to get back. I was taking a, I took a wood turning class and really like it. And so the goal is to get my own lace to make my own like wooden bases and stuff. Just a little plug there. Um, but one day I'll be making my own wooden bases. But um, so that's like honoring like my dad and like, how he taught me wood and then pistol is actually the female reproductive organ in the flower. And so you, and my mom grew flowers in our yard. So you've got this interplay of masculinity and femininity, even in the name of um, my business. Um, Because as we know, like, you know, being, what is being a man? If like, what is a man if he ain't influenced by femininity, you know, like, you know, so it's just like, I I think you're, you've not experienced the fullness of manliness if you haven't embraced like the feminine influence in your life. Right. So um, we can, we can, yeah. all, we can all hold both those energies, right? Yes. Balance yeah. in certain ways. Yeah. And there is, I love hearing you talk about all of this and I and like the thing that comes to mind, there's one installation I think you did with like collard greens. Yep. Right. Yeah. And I was like, yo, did this brother really, Cause I'm like, and my only relationship to collard greens is eating them with food, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. So like that to me was a cue and a and a nod to your Southern culture in a very particular way. Absolutely, that's infused with all of these other elements of flowers, manliness, blackness, design, artistic yeah. vision. How 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 have you experienced that come through and be expressed through your? through your envisioning of your, of your projects, like the Southern, the Southerness of your, of yeah. your. I think, well, one, the statue you're talking about, it, that garland with the collard greens was on a black man. He was the first black mayor of Chicago, Harold Washington. And um, sadly got taken down real quick because 
I don't ever get clearance to put these things. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So these are protest pieces, bro? Oh, it's like, people, people have jokingly called me Flower Bandit. <laughs> There's a recent article in the High Park Herald where someone said, meet the South Side's gorilla florist. Oh, word? Yeah, because I, I don't get clearance for this. This year for <laughs> Juneteenth, I do have clearance, though. Because the alder, the ward person, the ward superintendent came out last year team, and he was like, this is amazing. And I was like, yeah, man. And I'm like talking to people as they walk up. And I was like, yeah, I'm actually the artist behind this. He's like, you did this? And I was like, oh, God, am I in, tr- like, am I in trouble? He's like, no, this is awesome. But we, we called the alder woman and asked, like, why do y'all tell us? She was like, I don't know anything about this. <laughs> it's like, you should tell her. She would, like, really like this. So I reached out to her office, and this year they're actually giving me some funding towards it for oh, Juneteenth. Wow. So I've never gotten clearance for any of the statues that you've seen me do. Uh, It's all like, I'm going to scope it out. There's one where I was like, I don't feel like I need to go there early in the morning. But every other one, I'm there like 4.30, 5 a.m. putting it up. And the thing, the great thing is when you putting up flowers or you walk into a building with flowers, nobody ever questions you. Mm. nobody ever thinks, oh, are they supposed to be here? with?" Like if I walked up, start painting something, they're like, like you know what i'm saying but you're walking with flowers and it's like oh where, where do you need to deliver blah, blah blah and i'm putting the thing up on Harold washington the collard green garland it's like 4 30 in the morning it was so incredibly cold my hands and you can't or at least i can't and i don't know if you can can't do it with gloves on so my hands are like numb and i'm just like literally looking at them and like okay just move them because you can't feel them so just do this and police are driving by and the statue's in a light. I've got a ladder up. And, like, nobody stopped and said, excuse me, sir, blah, blah, blah. It was the next morning when the, um later in the morning, when the people at the, the building, the center, I guess they were like, who did this? And they just took it down. So, anyway, but my Southern influence. <laughs> that's why, wait, wait, can we, can we just cut this part? Yeah, yeah. That's a great story. Like, <laughs> oh, I, I literally love it. Because people always think, like, oh, you get partnership with the city to do. Nope. I Google <laughs> black statues and I go put up flowers. Yo, that's so fun. I didn't realize that it was just you just running up for statues and setting up shop and just because I know that you design it. So it's not like you're yeah. going and just playing around, but like yeah. I didn't realize that it was like not <laughs> I, I love it. Yeah. That that makes that makes it even I mean the mystery and like kind of the mystique and the the danger of that mm-hmm. adds to the artistic prowess of it's it. Like, I mean People spray paint things, but people don't do like floor installation. But I will say though, who influenced me is a floor designer in New York City. Actually, uh, they, it's called a, uh, his name is Lewis Miller Design, and so they call it a flower flash. But it's just like a, they do flowers like coming out of a trash can or and just public. They've done statues and stuff uh, in Central Park and everything, and. Um, the Atlas thing at Rockefeller Plaza, like, cause they'll get partnerships with places to do these public installations too, but they'll do like a quick one, like at a construction site or out of a trash can or whatever and post it up and say like, you can go look at it before we take it down at the end of the day. So a floor designer here was like, you should, I met up with him was like, cause I'm always like, I'm sliding into people's DMs all the time. Like, yo, give me some tips. Help me. I, you've been doing it 20 years. Like I just started teach me and, you know, buy people coffee and chat and you got a connection and you learn things. And so he gave me some tips and he's like, you should do that guy in New York. You should do one of the, we need that in Chicago. He said, I'm too old to do that, but you're young, so you can do it. And so I was like, that would be cool. And I was like, I want to do that, but I want to do it for me. Like I want it to be something that represents me and like is an expression of myself. Because I think flowers are beautiful and just flowers alone giving people beautiful design. I think what Lewis Miller does for New York is great and inspires people and helps them like in their day. But like I was like, I want to do something specifically for my people. And so, I mean, if other people appreciate it, great. But the Southern influence, like with Harold Washington, I was like, you know, like Harold Washington, like, like most people, like you just said, your people from, from Alabama, it's like everybody in New York or Chicago or wherever, it's like, where are your people from, you know? And it's like, everybody has some type of, if you're a Black American, you have some type of roots to the South, you know, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, very few have roots in the North. But um, 
but majority is in the South. So I was like, I know how I looked it up and I think his family's from like Arkansas. And I was like, okay, I want to, cause I've done Dusabo, who's the founder of Chicago. He's a Haitian man. And so I just did like the colors of the Haitian flag and some palm branches and stuff to give a tropical feel. And I was like, mm, well, Harold Washington, I want to do something that like speaks. And I was like, collard greens, like green, like, you know, like there's all types of greens in the market. But I was like, I'll just go to the grocery store and get collard greens. And they're big leaves and they fill up the space and stuff. And so I was like, that's what I can do. And with another part of my Southern roots that it shows up in last Juneteenth um, arrangement, and even now in some individual base arrangements I've been doing, is cotton branches, dried cotton branches. Because um, people use it for design. And it's just like, why is this like white brand like staging a living room and like it's just like an empty vase with like dry cotton branches? It's like a design thing, mm. and it felt weird. It was like it looks good, but it also just like feels weird. And like growing up, like I'm from the country in Alabama, and like driving to church, we drive past cotton fields, you know, that are still harvested and stuff by machines and stuff, of course. But you you know, like at one point, our people were harvesting that. But yeah, yeah, one of my like recent things and introduced because last year for Juneteenth, I did like kind to like tell like a historical story with the flowers and stuff. But I started to use it in some of my designs here and there because I, I want to use it on a more consistent basis because all these white designers use it. And I'm like, if anything, y'all should feel awkward using it. Like <laughs> for me, I look at it as my people were forced to use this like for labor and like. Now I'm choosing, like, it's a miracle that I get to walk into a flower market on my own volition, mm-hmm. spend my money mm-hmm. to buy dry cotton branches to use them for design, mm-hmm. to use them for pleasure, like, for joy, like, for beauty. Like, I get to, like, reframe what cotton means for me and hopefully for more Black people as I start using it in more designs and stuff because... No, like we're, I'm not. I'm not gonna shy away from this because it like feels weird for me. It's like no, it should feel weird for you. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, um, so that's something I've been using more with like and using it as like in my southern roots. Juneteenth is about to be crazy. Um, it's about to be crazy, JP. Like I am using a lot of fruits and vegetables um, for the installation and. It's just gonna be wild. Like I just, it's hard to because de- I, I can, really can't describe it until like it's out there. But uh, I'm using a lot of fruits and vegetables mm. in conjunction with the flowers, just to kind of chronicle the life of Black folks in America. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I mean, it's it's just it's so rich with. I mean, again, for lack of a better word, it's rich with flavor. Mm-hmm. With what mm-hmm. you what you do and how you you use the frame of flowers and vegetation and plantation. And I just, I love it, man. I, I really do. I'm, I'm excited to see what you, what you do on June 10th. It's going to be wild. How you work that out. I'm trying to see, trying to see what you're working with. Uh, you mentioned that now this has become a full-time enterprise mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm also curious about that too, right? Like just the, yeah. the journey of entrepreneurship, you know, for our listeners, when, when, when John and I first met, we were both employed at the same full-time situation, right? So mm-hmm. we're both kind of being enterprising. We both always have, you know, have had entrepreneurial spirits and now we're both in entrepreneurial spaces in a full-time mm-hmm. way. And I'm curious about what your process has been transitioning from a full-time space that's more traditional. Mm-hmm. Even that space wasn't necessarily traditional, but still <laughs> um, more traditional Mm-hmm. to being an entrepreneur. I mean, you've already mentioned DMing folks and being guerrilla with your tactics and your strategies yeah. and all. So I'm curious about what that's been like for you and like, um, especially with such a niche, mm-hmm. such a niche project. Yeah, it's been interesting because I think in my mind first, when I first heard you asking the question, I was like, oh, okay, we're kind of like changing gears in the conversation. And then I'm like, no, actually it all goes together because being a black man in this space, in this, in this business is crazy. 
mm-hmm. um, because it is a very white space. Uh, I mean, incredibly white space. Like, majority of the people under 40 doing this work are white. Um, there are very few people under 40, 50 who are Black, even less who are Black men. Um, when I'm in the market, like, shopping at least once a month, somebody's like, oh, do you work here? Can you, like, show me what? I'm like, actually, no, I, like, I own this business. Like, and I just, like, play it off. Like, I own this business. Like, what, what's your business? This right. is what, what do you do? Like, because right. I'm here buying for me and my team because we got a design for this thing this weekend. So, like, just really, you know, red faces, embarrassment. It's wonderful. Oh, yeah. um, but I think for me, like, being a creative in, like, a different way means... Because for me, I'm not a big business person. I try to be. I want to be better at like the numbers and the monies and all that stuff. But um, for me, the the thing that drives me to keep being entrepreneurial is is I want to like my goal is to create more jobs. Um, mm. like, I'm not trying to do some like large like 400 person company or whatever. But I just as I want to take whatever I've been given and multiply it to like share with folks. And so um, honestly, the entrepreneurial journey for me has been, like you said, sliding people's DMs and like asking like, Hey, can I sell flowers at your coffee shop? And being surprised that it's like, Oh, I've been meaning to reach out to you. Like I've heard of you. Like I know, you know what I'm saying? It's like, and so for me, it's been a reminder of like, you never know who's watching you. Mm -hmm. Uh, You never know who knows you. Chicago is a, I mean, it's one of the country's largest cities, but it is a city of small towns. Like it is a just bunch of conglomerate of small towns. And so go around the city, know people, see people and stuff. So like it, it started because I because after we left our job or after I left our job, I went to coffee and I was in coffee for full time for full time for about a year and a half, almost no two years. And so in coffee for the last two years. And then in March, I went full-time with flowers. So I was I was managing a coffee shop full-time and on the side, I was doing flowers. And then the coffee shop closed down and I was like, okay, I'll just keep doing this. And so I was just like, hey, to other people in coffee, like y'all want to sell my flowers at your shop and then beef up the website and make the ordering process easier for people, just always being focused on like what the user experience is, how to create systems that work for a customer better. Um, how to, what, where, where am I lacking and who do I know to bring on? Cause as much as I can, I want to hire people that either I know or know of right now, because this is so small and I've not like figured out all the like proper avenues to like, pay people so the IRS doesn't come for me. <laughs> so, uh, so I just figured out like, okay, who can I, you know, like we can. But do- our intentions are clear. Don't come. I, yeah, exactly. Like if you're listening, I'm, these are just friends who are helping me out. They are not employees. But <laughs> in July is when payroll will begin, official payroll. So okay, it's just right. like finding those folks that like, you know, like, and the biggest thing for me recently has been, and like again, the entrepreneurial journey for me is one that's just I'm my goal is to create jobs and my goal is to help people flourish. And so I the biggest thing has been like figuring out what my core values are because I do have a team that's growing. And it's like I want everybody to be clear about why we're doing this, you know? Like it's not like it is a job, and you know. We're not changing the whole world, but we're changing some people's lives. We're helping people like, like no joke. We're helping people's serotonin levels go up, you know, like we're bringing a little bit of joy to folks life, you know? And, um, I want you to be clear that you're not just a cog in my wheel and my big plan to grow my business. You know, like I be sending my floral assistant flower jobs all the time. Cause I'm like, they can pay you better than I can. And, and they also like, their people have healthcare, like go work for them. Like, you know what I'm saying? And then like, when I get big enough, I'll bring you back. And like, <laughs> nobody will be mad at each other because they're like, oh, well, we got her from, you know, he, he referred her. So, so that's been my entrepreneurial journey is just people, like literally just mm. connecting with people, the right people, um, my people, our people, um, 
and just like being like wise, like with my time, my money. Um, I refuse to like accept the no days off mentality. Thank you. Like we just took a seven day vacation. I've been, I was, I start. I, our coffee shop closed on March 19th, the coffee shop I was managing on March 18th. Um, I went out of town to go visit my friend. I'd already had that vacation plan and I was like, well, I'm not going to be there for the last day. Oh, well. And I came back and started full time. And then May, May 20th, literally two months later, I took a seven day vacation and a few things fell apart while I was gone. I tried to plan to make sure it didn't. And like, we, we dropped the ball in some places, but we can figure that out. Mm the rest and enjoyment I got from celebrating five years of marriage for my wife is worth it. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm creating habits that say me and my wellness is imp- more important than making a dollar. So. Yeah. yeah. Thank yeah. you for that. You know, there's, I asked you the question about entrepreneurship cause I love to, I love to get perspectives from folks who are, who are actually doing that type of work. Yeah. Because there's so much, what I would call noise in our atmosphere and in our, in our world about, LLCs and starting businesses and starting companies. And there's so many elements to it where I'm just like, first of all, like there's work here. <laughs> it's not like just easy one, two, three. There's late nights. There's, like you said, there's there's website refurbishes. There are, you know, building teams. There's figuring out core values on those teams, all of that type of work. And th- then you also have to take care of your mental health, which is like, I'm not going to, re- I refuse to accept the no days off mentality, the team no sleep. That's all, those are idols. <laughs> that stuff is not actually healthy. So we have to fuse these things. And, you know, as much as possible that I can try to get different mentalities or approaches to entrepreneurship exposed and at the forefront, I'm like, yeah, we need some different narratives here about yeah. being entrepreneurs or being, you know, self-starters or, you know, whatever yeah. it is. Because this is, there's a, there's a spectrum to it. And, it's very it, fascinating to see what exists in the world. It is. I, I think for me, I just really, I have to remind myself that I am an entrepreneur by definition, but like, I'm not the entrepreneurial type. Like I'm not the stereotype, I should say. Cause I'm just like, listen, I want everybody to win. Like deeply, sincerely want everybody to win. And I also am not about to stay up to 3 a.m. working on something so that it can be perfect because, listen, you ordering flowers from me, if you haven't followed me at all, you know that I'm new to this. Mm. So if we miss your order or something happened, I'm sorry. Like, that's literally all I can say is I'm sorry. Could I have stayed up to 2 a.m. making sure that the process was tight, right, and, you know, perfect? Yes, but it wasn't perfect because it tired me out to the point of like mm. extra exhaustion. So it actually wasn't perfect. You know what mm. I'm saying? Because um, perfect is an illusion. So that's why I'm just like, I I told somebody and they laughed at me. And maybe this isn't great to say publicly, but I really don't care. I'm not doing this for money. Like, I just, <laughs> I just not. Like, I'm going to make a profit and I'm and I've gotten much better at making sure I'm making a profit. But I'm not doing this to try to get rich. Like it's just, it's just not. Cause what's what's the like what's the point? You know what I'm saying? Like literally, what's the point? Especially when you're dealing with art. You know, yeah. like it's just like I feel like if I'm faithful to treat people well and to hone my craft more and more, the money's gonna come. Mm. I just like, you know. Yeah, that's a. That's a very grounded perspective and one that is necessary to have in our in our social canon. I, you know, it sounds like you are more concerned with or more aligned with liberation or beauty, as you were talking about raising serotonin levels, joy, right? Like yes. joy. That's a very important element. Yeah, especially and I like for folks who listen to this podcast. I'm always talking about joy and how. It feels particularly and circumstantially relevant right now because of where everything has been in the last couple yeah. of years and where we are. So, you know, I, I always love when joy enters the conversation 
when it enters the chat organically. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I, you know, I, I want to ask you, right? Because a lot of a lot of folks that I've talked to on this podcast and folks that I'm blessed to be in community with are folks who bring joy or who provide yeah. joyful experiences. And I think it's always important to do self checks and self evaluations about how we're experiencing joy ourselves. Mm-hmm. So I do I want to ask you, Matt, how are you experiencing joy these days? Right now, I'm experiencing joy by being on this podcast. Honestly, I've been looking for it, looking forward to it all day. Been excited for it, um, and saying like, and and I think this falls under the umbrella of saying yes to things that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, someone called me Wednesday. Yes, today is Friday. So Wednesday, they called me for a job on Thursday. <laughs> Entrepreneurship. That's what. It yes, <laughs> and I'm just like. But it was like so many overlapping reasons as to why I should do it. And the thing about it is I did it because I knew that I would have freedom to create how I wanted to create. And I also knew that these people had a budget to be like, here, like, you know. And so it's like, I'm gonna, I'm going to for sure make a profit on this. And I was talking to one of my best friends, and he was like, Well, did you like factor in your time? I was like, listen, I'm trying to get better about that. But I still like, you know, I'm getting better. But like they call and I say yes to it because I wanted to, you know, mm. and it wasn't like I wanted to because, oh, man, this is going to be a big budget job. I wanted to because the budget was going to allow me to create how I wanted to create. And I was able to and I really enjoyed it. So that's I think that's kind of like a blanket thing of how I'm experiencing joy. It's like just really being aware of what I'm saying yes to. Um, and like, like making sure that I'm saying yes to things that I want to do. Therapy is just, I get, I literally could be, my therapist is awesome. Like we've been working together for almost a year now and she has changed my life. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, we had an amazing session on Monday and it kind of felt, I mean, we're in graduation season and it kind of felt like a graduation of sorts because it was like, we're going to like change to like meeting less because what do you need right now? And I was like, I think I need more business coaching and kind of just general life coaching and stuff. Um, so because you really have like worked hard to reframe your thoughts and your emotions and to just get more aligned with yourself and it was just really, it was really sweet. And um, it was a sweet moment. And so going to therapy has been like joy inducing and also just like rooting for people, I guess. Like that's how I experienced joy. Like trying to put my people on, like literally like helping my friends, like who are looking for jobs. Like I added a dude that I don't even know on Facebook today, but we got like 30 mutual friends. And I was like, <laughs> I'm going to add him because he's the one who's interviewing my friend and I'll put in a word, be like, Hey, my friend, you know? So I just, I love that. You know? Um, I think like taking, making sure that I'm taking Mondays and Tuesdays off. That's my weekend um, has been good. Going on a trip with my wife has been really, really good. Um, trying to laugh out loud more has been good. Like I just, <laughs> I feel like I'm experiencing joy on a like I'm not even having to work to experience it because I have worked so hard in this past year internally that like I'm just like noticing it more on a regular basis and um, my job like is one that brings me joy you know which is a da- which is dangerous because then <laughs> it's like you end up like you have to like shut it off you know because I really do love what I do um, and it does make me happy to like design flowers and stuff. Uh, and I get too happy sometimes. Like, okay, they ordered a $65 arrangement and this is like a $140 arrangement. So <laughs> scale it back, my guy. So yeah, that's that's just like, I just, I really am experiencing joy in a lot of ways these days. So That's amazing. That's great to hear. Thank you for sharing that. It's great to hear that. That, that felt, I felt that. I felt, I felt palpably the joy coming from you as you talked about all those joyful joyful experiences mm-hmm. man um and thank you for 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 pulling up to this for this convo man i, I mean i do want to ask you this question because similar to the joy piece of just kind of shouting people out of being mm-hmm. uh, rooting for people 
I did want to ask you this because we've been talking about flowers. And, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like a lot of times in our culture right now, we, we hear about giving people their flowers, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. metaphorically speaking. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious from you, you know, there may be folks I don't know about or, or ideas or concepts or artists or whoever I don't know about or our listeners may not know about. And I would love to hear from you, you know, who are some people, what are some ideas, what are some places that deserve their flowers? The hood. <laughs> That's mm. the first thing that comes to my mind. Like just neighborhoods that have been ravaged by the state and like people still get up and go to work. Like people still cooking to make sure kids eat. Kids in those neighborhoods are still playing and creating joy for themselves. Like, I I mean, I have goosebumps thinking about that. Mm-hmm. It's a sidebar. It's a photo project I want to work on this summer, floral photo project, where I want to take a bunch of white flowers and have them looking like they're coming out of a fire hydrant. Like, you know, kids playing fire hydrants. And just because I think about that a lot and I think about how. I see black, I live in a black neighborhood and I see black kids playing. And I'm like, man, black children are, they don't even know the divine work they do just by existing uh, and smiling and laughing and being cute. And <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So I think that's, I think black children deserve all the flowers. I mean, every single one of them. I think people who, every person who is focused, who's devoted to people. Mm. Like, I mean, he really was the start of my career. Like, Sit Rock, he, he's a private guy. Um, and, but he's an incredible artist with a heart. I mean, that guy has heart for his people. Uh, Latino brother. Um, he just cares about people. And I, I just can't even like convey enough how much knowing him has like encouraged me and helped me um, just as an artist, as a person, as a husband, as a friend. He's just a great person. Uh, he and his wife are just, I mean, his wife is a teacher and she works with the babies. Uh, majority of her students are black and they're just awesome folks and they deserve flowers. And so Scent Rock is an artist that everybody should be aware of, I think. Uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, a guy named Fire Furniture. His name is Julius, um, black brother here in the city. He works with wood. Um, he takes fire, like blow torches, and sets it to the wood uh, to give it like this distressed look. Uh, he's like classically trained in fine art from the Art Institute in painting. Um, he has like six beautiful kids with a bunch of hair Uh, (laughs) and he makes some of the most beautiful art with wood like i mean it ain't just tables this stuff is art and i'm excited to see what he does um because he does these things where he takes pieces of wood and turns them into like a portrait like Mm. it's like he's got this whole one where it's like a black woman with an afro and it's like it's like feet and feet long and it's like all these different little pieces of wood and stuff different colors and shapes and stuff that he's 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 brilliant he's truly brilliant mm-hmm. um those are two of the artists that like encourage me the most when it comes to like making like visual things and then joseph solomon is a he's more of a music and and word artist um but just how he has worked on himself internally to show up in the world authentically, uh, to ask hard questions of himself and of the immaterial world, he always encourages me on how he thinks and how he like is okay with like the hard stuff. So those are like three that come to mind um, just off the top. But yeah. yeah, yeah, man. I think you know when you when you thank you for mentioning those artists for the listeners, myself included. I'm checking these folks out and just. Yeah. Figuring out how to support in whatever way to add to, you know, the vibrations that they're put, putting in the world. And, you know, when you mentioned, you may be the first person who got me to shed a little thug tear on my own podcast, bro. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you mentioned the hood. You mentioned the babies, bro. That's the, 
you know, that's a that's a that's a spot for me, man. You know, I was I was yeah. actually with uh Sarita Gates this past week. You know, Sarita, Sarita's a former guest of the podcast. Man, talk uh, about people putting folks on. Yeah, no, nah, this you know yeah, for folks for real, live like, for real. Shout out like, to Sarita Gates. Shout all the shout outs to Sarita Gates. Yeah, team us. Give her all the flowers, Literally. all of that. I have gotten to design flowers for Sarita Gates, and I was happy about that. Oh, I word! Got, I got to design flowers for Sarita Gates. She came to the town, and somebody was like, "Yo, I want flowers." So, not somebody, not somebody. Cleaver, oh, Cleaver, crew. more flowers, more flowers. Damn, more flowers, man. More flowers. Damn. Shout out to Cleaver. And these are both folks who've been on the podcast. So, you know, for listeners of the podcast, go back to like November, the November episodes. Yeah. They're both on here. Shout out to Cleaver. Shout out to Sarita. Shout out to them. Yeah, I was with Sarita the other day and we was just, we met up for drinks in Harlem and, you know, some little some little black kids was riding a bike on the sidewalk down the street. And we was just like, yo, like, this is, this is amazing. Yeah, like this is this is miraculous. Like the yeah. way that these kids are riding their bicycles in the hood, we in the hood, they're dodging cars, and we're like, this should be an Olympic sport. Like, you know that that type of energy and that type of recognition is is a very blessed thing to be able to experience. You know, so when you mm-hmm. mention the babies, when you mention the young ones, and in, in the hood, it's yeah. Um, so thank you, thank you for bringing that that light. To, the, to this conversation. And thank you for being here. I appreciate you, your presence, your insight, what you're doing, who you are. I know as a as a music artist myself, I'm like, I'm trying to get to the point where I can get you to design some stage, some stage. We talked we talked about this real briefly, but I was like, listen, man, I got to get you to do something with this. Because you were like, oh yeah, you were like, I didn't know I needed a flower boa. Yeah, that's right. It was the collard green one too. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, I was like, I didn't know yeah. I needed this. I didn't yeah. know I needed to think about a flower design for a stage show. I didn't know. But when we get there, let me know. I'm trying, I'm trying to come to New York for a do a pop-up situation or whatever. So just throwing oh. that out there. So okay. just throwing okay. that out there. Yeah. Listen. Let's let's schedule it around a show. Yes. Yeah. Just let me know. Y- y'all have heard it. Y'all have heard it here. Yes. It's gonna we're speaking it into existence. Yes. yes. We are speaking it into existence. So oh man, thank you again. And, and to the listeners who tuned in, thank you so much. And I hope you've gotten some as much I hope you've gotten as much joy and and power out of this conversation that I have. Cause I, you know, I'm sitting here like, I can't wait to listen to this back and edit it. So yeah. Um, all my love, man. My love to the to the family, my love to all the folks you're around and the community. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. Absolutely. Love you, man. Much love to you too, bro. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Stir Crazy. Don't forget to follow the podcast at Stir Crazy Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. On Twitter, you can find me at Stir Crazy Pod. This is a completely independent venture, so your subscriptions and donations are more than welcome. You can support the podcast at patreon.com slash JP Reynolds. Thank you. Peace and power to you. See you next Tuesday. Peace and power. True.